All right. So we'll just blah, blah, blah for a second. Blah, blah, blah. And um, it's kind of bu- busy in here, so when we get Jamie's attention, we'll mm-hmm. get you a beer, and then maybe we'll do a shot together after you have your water. Um, okay. I don't know why I'm reading my phone. Okay. Anybody I need to talk to is here. So All right. here we go. Here we go. Welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm okay. Charlene Wellington. I'm your host and owner. I'm here with my guest, Matthew Kimmett. Hi, Matt. Hi, Charlene. Oh, here's Jamie. Jamie, when you get Jamie. a chance, can Matthew have a medallion and a big glass of water? Yeah, that'd be wonderful. All right. Welcome. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, Charlene. Good to I see you. I haven't been here in so long. It's so <laughs> weird. It's so weird, like kind of somewhat returning to normal. I know. We're here at Hinterlands Bar, and today is the first day that we're sort of kind of allowed to not have our masks on. Yeah. And um, we're feeling a little bit trepidatious about it. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are going to be kind of judgy and weird and, uh, like, I, you know, people are going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. A little bit. Some people are. So, but, you know what, if I'm... We got it. If yeah. I'm vaxxed, I'm not a threat to anyone. So yeah. We should and, be um, fine. Oh. And these coasters are so that we don't hear tapping when so you don't hear pick too up much your bang drink. Bang on the bar. Yeah. On the table. There we go. And you drank this beer at my wedding. I did indeed, <laughs> which was the most fun wedding I think I've ever been to. And it's 10 years later, so that's saying oh my a lot. God, 10 years now. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. Will we plan the reunion? Maybe. Ooh. <laughs> Depends on how this COVID thing works out, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Vacations? Oh, my God. I know. I know. Um, so, so yeah. you're a bar owner. Yep. You are, I guess you're kind of my partner-in-law because your partner's with my partner. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you own Freddy's. You're part owner of Freddy's. Yes, yes, correct. And you're part owner of Fiona's, which just opened. Yep, yep. Two so, months and change now. And I know a little bit of your history because you were the first bartender I ever hired at Charlene's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have history. Um, so how'd you get started in this business? I, th- I mean, it was purely by accident. I... I you know, I mean, I was 16 years old. My older brother Ooh. was working as... He was 19 and working as a bartender in a pub in my hometown in England. Okay. And uh, they needed a bar back. And I had, a like, a part-time job in a supermarket stacking shelves. And uh-huh. I thought, that sounds like a lot more fun. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and it was better money and... So you were 16. I was 16. And 18 was the drinking age. 18 was the Still drinking is, age. Still is, right? Yeah. They know what they're doing over there. But you could, um, it was a bar and restaurant, so I could bar back at 16. When mm-hmm. I was 17, they were putting, letting me work service bar for the mm-hmm. restaurant. Um, so I got to know the drinks and how to pour a pint and all that fun stuff. And nice. Then, basically, as soon as I turned 18, they put me behind the bar. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. I've now been, and that was, and that was the 1980s. That's amazing. That so was, it must have been that was crazy. A long freaking time ago. So you had like a shitload of money as an eighteen-year-old kid. Not a shitload because people don't tip in England. Oh, that's right. So, that's right. Yeah, I forgot not, about that. Kind of like um, 
you know, kind of a minimum wage job. But I mean, it did have its perks. What were the perks? I, I mean, the social life was fun and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple of drinks at the end of the night. So I guess the advantage is at 18, you knew how to talk to people, yep. especially women. You knew how, not especially yeah, them, but yeah. you knew I mean, how. I'd, I'd, by the, yeah, so basically by the time I turned 18, I'd been, you know, in the pub and working the floor and I'd broken up fights and seen some weird stuff. And You knew and, how to buy and, someone a drink. Yeah, yeah. You knew how to clean up vomit. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, uh, and just you know how to behave and how to behave properly in public and uh-huh. respect your respect your bartender. Yes, and did you work in any other bars in England? I did. I worked in two other bars in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, one of them being a very cheesy nightclub. Oh, you worked in a nightclub? Oh, I worked I didn't in a know nightclub. That. Yeah. I did not know that. What did you have to wear? So we we did actually have a uniform. Which was fun. So uh-huh. it was black pants of your of your choosing. Okay. Um, and it was uh, we had these really horrible little white shirts, mm-hmm. white short sleeve shirts with a black stripe for some reason. Down okay. The middle, yeah. And a vest. Okay. And a bow tie. That sounds a horrible. Clip on bow tie, and we had name badges. So Oof. I had a little pin with my name on it. It was it was really cheesy. I hate uniforms. I have definitely left jobs or not taken jobs because of uniforms. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember the worst uniform. The worst uniform I ever had to wear okay. was, I, I, you know, I don't think I've ever mentioned that. I, I worked in this little bar in Bay Ridge called Cafe Gregory. Okay, I didn't know this. Um, I, I, like, di- don't think I knew it until just now, until you said uniform. I got, like, a flashback. Yeah. And... Um, one side was a Greek restaurant and then you would go through the lobby and the other side was this little bar and the owners of this restaurant, they were in the restaurant business and they didn't know what to do with this little bar and a friend of mine was like, hey, I know these guys, I know you're looking for work come help them like with this bar and I was like, awesome because I was looking for work and I went in there and I, I was like, this is what you do and I worked a few nights and I tried to build a crowd and then very shortly after I started working there, they hired a guy okay. to, like, run it. And he has had only ever run strip clubs before. Hmm. A little and different. Yes. And it was, this was a teeny little, it was like a teeny little bar, and there was, like, a 10 by 10 little dance floor in there, and then, like, some booths. But it was... It was like not bigger than Hinterlands. Just okay, set let up me t- tell me about the dance. Club. Did the dance floor light up? Did it? Was it a oh, light yeah. up dance floor? Yes. Nice. And then he like remodeled the whole place and gave it some stupid fucking name and made us wear black leggings, like stretchy uh-huh. leggings, with a white ruffle tuxedo shirt tucked into the leggings. Oh my god! And a cummerbund and a bow tie open. The shirt, the shirt open on top of a black tank top. Oh, man. It was so bad. That sounds terrible. <laughs> How old were you when you did that? Um, I think early 20s. Definitely okay. early 20s. And, um, it, yeah, it didn't last. I, I loved it there because the owners were super nice, and I could, like, build my own crowd, and they fed me, and they left me alone. And then once this guy took over and tried to make this tiny room into a club... And, and he would put, like, four bartenders on a night. I mean, you couldn't get 40 people in there. 
No, it man. was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how, how low our standards are when we're that young. We'll just say, I'll take the job. I'll, I'll take do the anything. Job. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Yeah. You, you pay me in sandwiches? Done. Sure. Sure. <laughs> oh so you had three different bars in England. Did you ever get fired from any of those jobs? Oh, yeah. Oh, tell me. Oh, yeah. So this was the best one. There was... Um, uh, and so the first the first pub I worked in was the Beehive, the one uh -huh. I started bar backing in when I was 16. And when I was, uh, at some point when I was 18 and a bartender there, we got a new manager. Uh-huh. So it was kind of part of a chain. It was uh, Beefeater Steakhouses, and they all had like a restaurant side and a, and a bar side. Uh-huh. Um, so we would get these, you know, it was one of these kind of things like every year or two they'd send a new manager your way. And they ran it. Um, uh -huh. The new manager came in, and he kind of brought in some new procedures that didn't. It's always without, the new without, manager that without, ruins everything. Without, without really explaining what the new procedures were, uh -huh. and one of them was we we had a very simple uh, cash register there, and uh -huh. we would. Uh, so, for example, if there was an overring, uh -huh. we would do an underring to make up for it. Okay. So you know, it's like, oh shit, I did a three dollar overring. The next round was. Fourteen dollars. I, I would ring in eleven and uh -huh. put in fourteen just yeah. to, to to balance it out. So the register's fine. And he saw me do that once because you were stealing. And then he, yeah, and then he accused <laughs> me of stealing yeah. and fired me for stealing. That's what I would do. So, um, so the two funny things that come out of that was one, the fact that he then disappeared. Oh. Within a year of that, he he just kind of disappeared one night with I think something like sixty grand. Oh, cash. wow. Yeah, he just kind of emptied the safe and disappeared in the middle of the night. So he was a sketchy motherfucker. Always, it's always a thief that thinks everyone's stealing. Right, right. <laughs> I think, yeah. So, so, but the fun thing was, I went, when that, when that all went out, I uh -huh. went, I heard there was a pub across town that was hiring. And it was a really, really lovely couple that ran the, ran the uh -huh. place. They'd been there a long time. And I walked in, I said, I heard you're hiring. And they, you know, we, I sat down with the, it was a couple, I sat down with the wife, she interviewed me. And she said, um, she said so where have you worked? I said, I worked at the Beehive. And she said, oh, and, and how, what happened? How come you don't work there anymore? And I said, oh, I got fired for stealing. <laughs> I, th I thought, why not be completely honest? Yeah. And she asked me and I explained exactly That's what happened. Awesome. I explained exactly what happened. She's like... Well, that's just fucking bullshit. <laughs> that's ridiculous. They don't know what they're doing over there. I love that. I wish I was still going on job interviews so I could say that. And, um, <laughs> so it was great. And then I, you know, I worked, I worked there. They hired me. They were absolutely lovely. I would probably hire somebody if they said to me, I got fired for stealing. Well, that's the thing. Who's going to... Yeah, who's like who's, that's that's, who that's a proof of how honest you are. Who's going to say I got fired for stealing? Yeah, and I explained everything that happened, and that, you were and so that was an amazing that place. It didn't even occur to you that that's how people steal. Yeah, <laughs> and that second pub—that's the one I when I go home and visit, I make sure I I always go there. Yeah. It's still one of my favorite pubs. How long did you work on the there? Planet. I worked there probably. What seemed like an eternity when you're 18 years old, but it was probably six months. It was probably yeah. not that long. Yeah. But like I left and I kind of moved away and went traveling, but I would always keep in touch with them. So it was like if I was in town, I remember mm. one time I just popped in for a drink and said hi. And they were like, oh my God, you're in town. Can you work a shift tomorrow? <laughs> and it was like, and everything, everything happened. Like I hadn't worked a shift there in years. All of a uh -huh. sudden I show up and they went off to... 
they went for they went they went to the horse races. They decided to go to the horse races. They're like, oh, Matt's here. We can go charge. to the horse races. I left me in charge. There was like a beer delivery, a gas delivery. <laughs> the freaking the local That's rugby cl- club came up, came in and drank gallons and gallons of beer, and it ended up being a really busy day. And it was fun, but I was so in the weeds and so out of practice and trying to remember where everything is. And everything was in the same places. Everything was, yeah, yeah. I huh. managed. It was fine. Where would I do that if I, like, went to visit and they were like, can you work a shift? Probably Commonwealth. I think oh, that's yeah. the only place yeah, I mean, where you I know, would do that. Or they'd be like, go work a shift. I feel like if they threw me behind the bar at the art bar, I would know where everything was. But okay. I don't know if we ended on good enough terms for them to do that. Would you, would you ever work a shift at Charlene's? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> um, so after that place, you worked another place in England. That was the, then after that was the nightclub. Okay, so how that come was you better money. To, okay, better money. It was just better money. So yeah, and and um, I'm assuming you had to make a million cocktails really fast, or was it, was, it just like it wasn't so much? We didn't really make a lot of cocktails. Mm-hmm. Like you know, this is now you know. Peaking into the 1990s, I think uh-huh. it was 1990 at that point. I'm in my last were, year. Were the Cosmopol- were Cosmopolitans big in England in the 90s? No, no, no. I mean, we didn't really have. You know, we we would make. You know, a tequila sunrise is about as complicated gotcha. as things would get. So you're still it in was the a 80s. lot of it was a lot of Bacardi <laughs> and cokes back yeah. then, and oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and I think we had we had club. those weird premix things. You remember Mad Dog 2020s? Like, we, we would sell, like, little bottles. Oh, of yeah, like, yeah. It was so cheesy. We had test tube shots and, all like, all kinds nice. of crap. Which is really easy to sell. Yeah. Did, were there, like, people walking around with, like, the test tube? We didn't sell them in the crowd. We sold them over the bar. Okay. It was a huge place. I never worked in a club, and I, I kind of regret it. Because I I always kind of wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, you go, in my in my imagination, you go in... And you set up, and then everybody comes in, and you're just like a drink-making machine. Oh, balls to the wall. For yeah. hours, for like six hours. you just like making drinks, making drinks, making drinks. Like maybe you go out for a smoke break, and then or like a pee break, and then you right. just make a drink. And then like the end of the night, and you're with like a whole team, so you all sit down and oh, count yeah. your money together. I mean, had, that sounds amazing, and you don't have to talk to anybody. Like we had four cash registers behind this long wraparound bar, uh-huh. and there'd be two bartenders per cash register. So eight bartenders on a wow. Friday or Saturday night. And then you have so many people to complain to at the end of the night. Yeah, but I mean, it was a huge but you can't opera. go out drinking. It was a huge opera. No, because we were the last place in the town. the last place. So we did... Um, but we would always like you know we we'd close down and clean up and then we'd all sit down and have a couple of drinks that afterwards. Makes sense. But the man the manager there was a really sweet like he treated us well. He you know we always had our shift drinks. I'd sit down and chill. He would do these weird like incentive things. So oh so at the four cash registers, the one that rang the most money, mm-hmm. you'd always get like a bonus. Like he'd give you a bottle of wine or something. To oh, take that's home. awesome. And. Um, and the only way my mom let me work there was, uh-huh. was they actually had a really cool policy. They had a deal with a local cab company, uh-huh. so they would drive everyone home at the end of the night. So everyone That's got a free amazing. cab home. So that was, that was kind of nice. That was Because we were open until 2 a.m., and you didn't get out until 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. So and I'm still in high school, so my mom was not a you fan of that. You were still in high school? I was still in high school at that point. So you worked all these places for like two weeks, and then... <laughs> <laughs> or a few months. <laughs> How, how long is high school in England? I, I finished at 18. 
That's so, amazing. I mean, I have a, I'm a September baby, so I was gotcha. basically 18 for the entire last year of school. Okay. So, if that makes sense. That makes sense. So, yeah, so I was like, I was like the, always the first birthday. I was always the oldest you're kid the in oldest. my class. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I have a theory about, about that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and now I want to hear it. Um, so, um, the oldest kids in the class... It, it doesn't really make a difference in high school, but if you think about, like, f- like first grade, second grade, it's basically, like, a five-year-old and a six-year-old in the same class. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're the last birthday, yep. then you're a year younger than your peers, and you're, like, less developed. So yeah. those kids think that they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that the way you would say it, but those kids might think that they're not as smart as the other kids right. because they like can't read yet because they're a year younger. Yeah. I don't know. That's my theory. But you've had you you know, you've had the same amount of classes, the same amount of time in school. Yes. Of course, one big advantage when you're when you're 18 in September and you're a bartender. Yeah. Then you and you know when your classmates' birthdays are a lot of the time. Ah. So it was kind of like people came in the pub. It was kind of like I know you're not 18 yet. And so you I didn't. Know, you didn't you let know. him slide. Depends who it was. Depends on. Who, yes. <laughs> Depends yes. on. So you, you that kind of. Um, I guess that was a little bit of a popularity boost, which is yeah, you know, what everyone needs. In that we can age. go to this club because Matt's there and he'll let us in or yeah. not. Or it not. Depends on if we're nice to him. Right. <laughs> If it was somebody yeah. I didn't like, you know, it's like, nope, get out. Yeah, I was 18 also when I started bartending, but I was no longer in high school because I stopped going. Yeah. Um, and I lied about my age. I said I was 20. Okay. I was like, I'm 20. I'm not 21. I hope that's okay. You know, I, I, when I, like, I, I'm not going to be 21 for a little while. And they were like, that's fine. They didn't check. And then I threw myself a birthday party a month later. Yep. And I was like, now I'm 21. But I was 18 the whole time. <laughs> and then I worked in that place for six years. So when I actually did turn 21, everybody was really shocked. Yeah. Because I should have been 24. Yeah. That was a big difference. Yeah. Oh, no, I lied about my age. Because, I mean, when I moved here, yeah. when I first came to New York, I was 19. Wow. So I thought, I'm not going to lie and say I'm 21. I went with the three-year rule. So I, I just told everyone I was 22. Oh, okay. And then, and I just kept it up with this lie about my age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I, then I actually left for three years and came back. I went when, back to England for three years in the 90s. When you first came here, did you 10 bar? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where? I, wait, I waited tables. Let's hear some places. I did, I, oh, my God. So I just kind of went combination of bar hopping and looking okay. for a job. Like, let's go and have a drink and see if they're hiring. Uh-huh. And I stumbled, not stumbled, but I walked into a bar called uh, KDO Tools. It used to be called on Reed Street. Okay. Down I don't Tribeca. Know mm-hmm. And um, and I, they, they had, it was some weird party happening. And they were like, oh, my God, we could use a spare pair of hands. We don't have any shifts here, but we have another bar. But can you work right now and help? <laughs> I'm like, what? sure. Tell, yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Tell me what to do. They're like, I'm you like, have an English sure. accent. Just go work. And, they, and so I did, they, they put me to work, and I was more kind of like running drinks. I wasn't 
uh, tending bar at that point. I was, uh-huh. I was kind of waiting tables and bar banking, and, and it was just the bar was absolutely packed, and they didn't have enough staff. So it's like, tell me what you need me to do. That's amazing. And I think I think I got like a beer and a burger and a cab and like ten dollars for my cab ride home oh, at the end man. of the night. But then they were like, okay, can you yeah. start Friday night at the other place in Midtown? And what was the other place in Midtown? Oh, Lonnie's. I don't know it. Where is it? Uh, was it? Oh my god, it's been gone for a long time. It was on Second Avenue between 48th and 49th. Okay, I'm picturing. Got and it. I worked there for Eastside. Uh, a year and a half, and then they had an, the same owners had. Um, I think they had four bars in all. Like I worked in all of them at some point. And you worked there for how long? I worked there. I worked for those guys for about three years. Uh huh. So they had, yeah, there was Kenyo Tools, there was Olani's, there was the Beaten Path, which was down by City Hall. I think it was on Warren Street. Okay. And then where I ended up, and the, the bar that I wanted to work in was in the village. Uh-huh. And that was, uh, back then it was called the Sun Mountain Cafe. And that was on West 3rd between Sullivan and Thompson. Okay. It changed names and became the Bagot Inn. Okay, now I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, and then upstairs from there was the Boston Comedy Club. So I gotcha. worked. So I worked in the the, the Sun Mountain, then the Bagot Inn, and the Boston Comedy Club. Um, for did you work the comedy was, nights? Oh my god, yeah. What was that like? I was completely insane. Yeah. That was completely insane. It was we would do three shows a night. Uh huh. And we would, and it was like two hour windows. So realistically, you had an hour and a half. Like with getting people in, like from from seating the people to closing every check. Uh huh. So we had um, we had kind of a weird system because you, you'd get these people in and you needed to get the two drink minimum. Yeah. And then so it was kind of like people would seat. You'd go around the tables, and I wouldn't even write down their drink orders. I got really good at memory. Really? With this. So what I would do is I would, like, remember a few at a time, go and get the drinks at the service bar, bring them to the table. Once everybody had their first round, I would kind of look around the room with my, with my check pad uh-huh. and write down, like, who had wow. what. And then it, pretty much as soon as I caught up with writing it all down, it was go out to the tables, do the second round. Like, you ready for another? You ready for another? Get it out. And then after, pretty much after the second round was out... Then you dropped the like, checks. It's like, all right, how much time do we have... You know, some people might want an extra round, some people, uh-huh. but you pretty much get that second round out, and then you're, then you're totaling the checks, dropping the checks, get everybody to pay, uh-huh. and then they, you would give them like a, a little raffle ticket that would be their proof of paying their check. Okay. So they, they would have to prove that they'd pay it on the way out. Oh, like And taxes. then it was just like, and then it was just like, okay, next show, next crowd. Wow, that sounds really fun. That was, it was nuts. It was nuts. I interviewed for a job at a comedy club. Um, you remember Show World? They were going to start doing comedy, and I remember the interview. And they I do asked not me, "Remember that?" But... Yeah, it's. I don't think it lasted. Um, they they asked me how many drinks can I make a minute, and <laughs> nobody had ever asked me that before. And I was like, I don't know. It takes me about five seconds to make a drink. That's um, how many five seconds are in a minute? Sixty divided by five. I was like. I don't know. I, I, I can't do that math right now in my head, actually. But I did it then. And I was like, I don't know. I can make about 10 drinks in a minute, like depending on what they are. Sure. And, and they didn't believe me. And I'm like, no, that's about right. And um, I didn't get that job. So, <laughs> okay. That, yeah. I mean, what are they getting? Like, you can very easily make 10 drinks in a minute. I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I've never timed myself. Me neither. I'm like, that's it's such a like, stupid question know, to ask. Typing, they t- they time that shit. Yeah. You know, words per minute thing. But they had the the. So we also had. I think it was Sunday night was Urban Comedy Night, uh-huh. and that was the night of a million Long Island iced teas. That was ah. So yeah, it was that was that was a crazy freaking night. And that was the one where when How I many left, Long Island iced teas can you make well, in a minute? Thing, <laughs> I got really good I at it. Like, like two a bottles, lot. two bottles yeah, in each just, hand. You know, put the ice in and line it up and just. Yep, yep. We made a million of those, and that was the first when I when I left New York for three years. Uh-huh. So when I was basically when I was twenty two, I went back to London. I was like, okay, this was fun. Now to, now I should get a real job. So okay. I quit tending bar. And realized that I didn't like having a real job. What so. kind of real job did you get? Oh, I was a system service analyst. I that worked, sounds terrible. I worked on mainframe computers. You I did? Was, I did. Do you know how to get the POS system up and running? Yeah, pretty oh, much. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. I, That's I, great. I, I was good at it, but I just hated it. And yeah. I, and it was no fun, like sitting in front of a computer all day. Yeah, it sounds awful. It was terrible. I mean, the benefits were nice. Yeah. You know, it was... Especially kind of in England, you have universal health care. Oh my God, we got, <laughs> yeah, we had universal health care. And I think I had, we used to get six weeks paid vacation a year. You guys in your vacations. I don't it know who nuts. you think you are. It was nuts. It was great. <laughs> six weeks? Six weeks paid vacation that's, a year. We, we worked a these, vacation every two months. Well, it was a 24 hour operation. So we, okay. we, we, we did these crazy shifts. Okay. So, you know, there were, it was 12 hour shifts and a weird like rotation pattern, but. Which was not always ideal, but it was, I don't know, it was kind of nice sometimes. Every, every, like every four weeks I'd come home, and I'd finish work at 7 a.m. on a Friday morning and I had a full week off and it was like, okay, that was worth it. Yeah. So wait, how many days, you worked how many days, in, like a fireman? It was weird. You do, no, yeah, kind of like that. So you would do, everyone had to do an equal share of days and nights. Okay. So it'd be kind of like, you'd work like, three days and then have four days off and then work four nights and have three days okay. off and then but part of it, it was either every four weeks or every five weeks you, you would have a full seven kind days kind of like off. a bartender yeah where you have to switch days and nights yeah yeah alright so you were you were prepared yeah. that sounds good that was weird. It, was, then, it was alright I mean I'm glad I tried it I'm and you did that I, for three years and I did that for three years and then I when then I came back to New York and I went into the I went into the bag it in, I was like, hey, uh, any chance of uh, picking up a shift? Uh-huh. And Tom, the guy there, was like, well, do you want to work up in the comedy club tonight? And I hadn't made a single drink in, a, in three years at uh-huh. this point. And that was the, the night of a so million. So every place you walk in, they're like, do you want to work right now? It seems that <laughs> way. It kind of worked out. Yeah, everything was like, <laughs> That's <know>. crazy. <laughs> it kind of worked out. All yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I went to so many open calls and cattle calls and job interviews, and you're just walking in, and they're like, you start right now. Amazing. Right. I was, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I haven't, I haven't actually sat an interview in so long. Yeah. You know, it was always kind of like, you get to a point where you know enough people, and you, then yeah, that's true. you kind of get hired for, you know, through somebody you know. Yeah. Somebody yeah. offers you a that job. You're not actually... Like, going to an open interview and competing with other people. So how long did you work there on the second round? 
Uh, that wasn't even that long. That was so. That was me coming back to New York in '97. I came back in okay. February, started working there, uh, and I worked. I did work there until October of that year. All right. Um, October '97. That's when I made the huge and wonderful shift to bartending in Brooklyn. Yeah. And I was like, that was when I got my. I'd moved to Brooklyn that in May of that year, uh-huh. and I was living half a block from the Brooklyn Inn. Yes. And I would always stop there for a drink on the way home. I always loved it and pretty much said, I live right down the street and I have experience if you're ever I hiring. I always forget that Here's you worked at the Brooklyn Inn. Here's my number. And after uh-huh. about six months of saying that, I got the call. And that was my dream job. It was yeah. half a block from where I was living. It was my favorite bar at the time. And uh, and that was fantastic. And that was when I... Although I did, I did for, for about three years, I used to work the holiday party in the village. Okay. The, 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 the Bagot Inn Boston Comedy Club oh, holiday party. Oh, they'd call part. you in to work their holiday party. Yeah, so it was so my, my all... once-a-year shift. That sounds fun. It was fun. It was always, like, on a Monday night, it was for... Actually, three different bars had the holiday, shared holiday party. It was open bar. I knew uh-huh. everyone. So you made a ton of money. So you'd walk in on a Monday night and then, yeah, make, like, $700. You bartend for only bartenders. Do, shot, do shots and catch up with all your friends and make, yeah. like, 700 bucks in tips. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was great. You should still do it. <laughs> I would still I'm, do it. I'd be like, my one shift a year. Uh, I, I lost touch with those guys so yeah. long ago. You How do long? all the time. You just yeah, kinda, you know. that's true. You know, Facebook. You can always find them. Um, so, yeah. how did you? How long did you work at the Brooklyn Inn? I was at the Brooklyn Inn for two years. That's it. I think it was two years. Why'd yeah. you leave? I left because I kind of I was burnt out and had a bit kind of a mental breakdown a little bit oh, that year. Okay. So a lot of things happened. Uh, my my dad had passed away. Oh, and I'm I, sorry. I went through a bad breakup and 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 I just kind of like it was one of those like I woke up one morning and decided I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And, Hard to talk to people had, when you're I had uh, absolutely not it. no plan at all. So you just quit. I, I just quit, yeah. And then I went traveling for, I think, a month and a half. Where'd you go? Just to get it. I went, I got I got an Amtrak rail pass thing. Uh-huh. And went, well, I didn't know what I was going to do. Oh, this was the crazy thing. So I heard a friend of a friend was moving mm-hmm. uh, from upstate New York to Richmond, Virginia. Okay. And it was people I'd met a couple of times. And I was, uh, and somebody was driving upstate. They were like, well, let's go up and see them before they move. And then when I was uh-huh. up there, they were like, do you want to help us move? Okay. I was like, sure. I'm not doing anything. So I got, you know, I, I helped them move into their house in Virginia and okay. spent a couple of nights in Richmond, Virginia. And, that, and then I bought the Amtrak rail pass and went across country. That's fun. That was fun. Where'd you go? Oh, my God. I kind of went south. I went to New Orleans, where I kind of almost stayed. Uh-huh. I spent about a week in New Orleans. and just, then... You just went with, like, a backpack or what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, just made a backpack. And, um, and I was seriously considering living in New Orleans at that point. Yeah. But, but after a few days, I was like, this is a lot of fun, but also really dangerous. You're like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die, because this is, these bars being there's, open 24 hours no a day. There's no adults in the room. I'm like, this is so bad. And then went to California, like, went across the country, and 
yeah, San Diego and San Francisco and uh, L.A. and I just have Vegas. to observe for a second. Absol- of course, this, yeah, do what you got to do. This bar is really fucking busy. Yeah. I'm like, I just... That's been, like, that's been is, happening a lot. Yeah. This is... This is busy. All right. Yeah. Not to interrupt, but it's like it's like loud in here. It hasn't been like this yet. I know. So how dare people have I, fun? I know. I guess it's I like guess the, we're back. It's like the before times all over again. I know. Yeah. Pretty I'll I'll know that we're really back when I catch somebody having sex in the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> then d- we're I back. Didn't. I, I did have a conversation with Arnie, who's the who owns South, uh-huh. the bar right next to Freddy's. I, I had him on and the I show. And I remember, that, like, this was months and months and months ago. And I said, you know, there's all these steps to getting back to normal, but that we're not uh-huh. we're not really going to make money until until people are comfortable just getting drunk and making out with a stranger. Yes, like that's really yes. the, the 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 back I to normal. I feel like they've been given permission if you're vaccinated. Yeah. To make out with a stranger. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know. I feel like today they got the permission. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if it happens. It's all, it's Looking all forward interesting. To it. And then 4 a.m. I know. In two weeks, it's going to be 4 a.m. Oh my God. I can't stay up that late. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't been I don't know a, what I'm going to do. I wait till 4 a.m. It's yeah. way too long. I don't want to do late. that. It's too late. We should yeah. just. <laughs> Let, let the younger bartenders take care of that. Yes. I, can, I can't do that no, anymore. No, I definitely can't. I, I wake up at 4 a.m. No, that's not true either. Yeah. But So, I'm going to finish your, your story. Oh my, God, so, my long so resume. You, your long resume. <laughs> I like it. Because I'm like, how did you end up with me? Um, so, you came back to Brooklyn. Yep. You didn't stay in New Orleans. You came back. I did not. I came back to Brooklyn. And then? And then I got a job at Freddy's. Oh, Wow. Yeah. All right. I, again, through friends, I heard that there was like a shift, uh-huh. and it was like the Monday day shift. And Were I was you like, regular well, that's there? A start. No, I'd been yeah. I'd been there a few times, okay. but I was not really a regular. But I was like, I'll take a sh- I'll take any shift at yeah. that point. I was like, sure. And it was again, it was one of those like, I'll take a shift, and then the schedule changed, and somebody left, and then yeah. before you know it, you're that's working three nights a week, and yeah. and you're you're kind of a staple in the place. Yeah. How long did oh, you yeah. work at Freddy's? Uh, bah, bah, bah. Okay, that was a couple of years, I think. Why'd you leave? You can you can trash those owners. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> well, we were, <laughs> we were we worked for Frank Yost. Yes. Um. So he was the old owner. Uh huh. Um. And we uh we butted heads a lot because he liked to think he knew everything. Uh huh. And I knew he didn't. So we would, we would, you know, he's, it's, you kind of had to know how to deal with him to okay. work, to, to work with, work there and, and, you know, stay in gainful employment. Matt Kuhn was very good at that. He knew uh-huh. how to kind of navigate Frank's insanity. Uh-huh. And I couldn't, I, I just like, I gotcha. was not good at keeping my mouth shut. Really? And, um, and it was one of those, like, it was not so much I was fired. It was Frank said one day. I think it's time you found another job. Ooh, he said it nice. And he didn't, and he was like, he was like, you know, I mean, you've got stay until you find another job. Ooh. But, you know, I think he, I think I still worked there for a month after that conversation. But, but it was like, okay, if you don't want me here, I don't want to stay here. So I just started. That's an interesting move. I would never fire someone and let them work another shift. Yeah, you kind of need to... Well, need it's, to again, like, the... I hadn't really done anything yeah. wrong. We just didn't... I know, but once 
you know that you're fired, it, like, changes. Right. Right? Yeah. At the very least, you're not going to be that nice to my customers. You're going to talk shit about me, like, at the least. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't I, know. I, I don't know. You're, you're not going to be I, happy to see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, he just kind of didn't come in when I was working, so, but I finished my shifts. And, and So as a bar owner now, do you think that you know everything? Oh, God, no. Hmm. I think I know I, less. I think I... I think I, I know everything. Oh, you do? <laughs> for, for the most part. No, I guess I don't, but I bet my staff thinks I think I know everything. Yeah. We'll have to ask them. Yeah. You, I know. I mean, there's certainly, you know, own, the thing with ownership is you learn a million things that you never wanted to learn and yes. you never thought you would have to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many weird, annoying little things and permits and bits of paperwork. Yes. And, and, like, I, I didn't even acknowledge what the Department of Buildings was before yeah. I was a bar owner. Yeah. And then it's like, what? We need a thing for... That I need an open flame permit to have a candle. To have a and candle. I mean, like, yep. Oh my god! Like only. There's a lot of people with hands in your pockets. Right. <laughs> like they all get paid before you do. Everyone gets you paid. You get last. And especially in the last year, everyone's been getting paid. Except. And yeah, except. Thank you. Would you like another beer? I have another beer. Oh, you have another? Would you like to do a shot? Okay, let's have a shot. Why I'm, not? I would like a Espolone. I do you still drink whiskey. I do still drink whiskey. Is Jameson Powers? I'll take a Powers if you have it. We do. Can we have an Espolone and a Powers, please. Thank you. Wunderbar. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that like I I that I finally understand is that I don't. It's not that I know everything. It's that. I decide everything. Yeah. <laughs> See, Jamie is laughing because she is one Thank of you, my staff that thinks I think I know everything. <laughs> you didn't have to. No. I know it. <laughs> well, it's also like, you know, somebody... And sometimes you have to make decisions because nobody else wants to. Like, somebody has to yes. make a call. Yes. And it's like... Or and us, you just have to make the call, and you it's, have to stand by it. It's like in the last year, how many times have oh we changed how we operate, how we do things? Oh, like every two weeks. And then it's like, okay, well, let's navigate this rule. So i got to make a sign for this and mm-hmm. distance that and measure everything out. And yeah. you know. I think we've done a really good job. I don't think people... Cheers. Got, let's cheers. still do the bottom. Cheers. Yeah. I still drink half shots. Um, I, I, I think I do not. Ouch. that, and I don't think people realize this because I don't think other neighborhoods get along like we do, but we got this text chain going. Oh, yeah. And I love we've it. been in touch and we've all been helping each other. And I don't know if other neighborhoods have been sticking together. Like, I don't know if other know. business owners are like, let me help, let me like collaborate with everybody else in my business, even though we have the same customer well, I mean, base. It's all like, like the Park Sloper and, and neighboring neighborhoods, yeah. yes. including this one. It's kind of like we've, it's so incestuous. Like, yes. you know, we've, we've, so many of us have like worked with each other in yes. different places, worked yeah. for each other. Yeah. You know, so there's, you know, so many of us, and we've been friends for. Yeah, that's you know, true. This is like twenty years of friendship that kind of goes beyond competition. Yeah. And it's like, 
Yeah. And we're also like, you you know, we all become a resource for each other because, yeah. you know, we're all tr- scrambling to figure out what the hell we have to do next. This, this, last, this last thing that happened today where they decided that you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated, and then they gave us almost no guidance. None. This is the, like the craziest one we've gotten so far, I feel like. Yeah. Where usually there's like a list of rules you have to follow, and they kind of, I feel like the governor's like, eh, you don't want to listen to me? Fine. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you'll I, listen I, when you get fines. I was trying know? to figure it out, and I spent, you know, first I called the Department of Health. Yeah. And I was like, can you tell us what we what what the rules are? And they were kind of like, I don't know. They <laughs> didn't really know. She was a very nice yeah. lady I spoke to, but she's kind of like, we're, we're scrambling to figure out what the hell the rules That's are hilarious. ourselves. That's hilarious. So then but she they're put, also, because we got two texts today, mm-hmm. they're also in the neighborhoods inspecting people. So yeah. they should know what the rules are if yeah. they're going to do inspections. Yeah. So, but go on. You know, I was getting, you know, it's like, oh, try this number. And I fe- I, I've already forgotten the, 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 the name of the office that I spent 39 minutes on hold oh to speak God. to somebody who it, it was like some kind of um, um, employee hotline in the city. I, I didn't even know that existed. Minutes, I, yeah. And I spent 39 minutes on hold. And then uh-huh. when the phone was answered, they basically just said, oh, no, this is not the number you want. This is for employees to report issues with, oh, their, no. with their employers. Did you report Kuhn? So, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Sexual harassment. <laughs> so much sexual harassment. <laughs> yes. We accept um, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then eventually it was with the the small business services, uh-huh. something or other, and and uh, did finally get some guidance. And, and but, then, but and t- then you texted us some of this guidance that you got. But then you said you called somebody else. Oh no! Then I was like, <laughs> there was one thing that I wasn't completely sure about. Uh huh. So I called. The, I called the same number again. It was. I, I wasn't hundred percent sure what he'd said about the. Um, on a system with okay. with uh, checking if people are vaccinated. Got it. So I just wanted to call and speak to somebody again. Uh-huh. And when I called, I got someone different yeah. who told me completely different things. Yes, of course. So I got somebody who was then like, well, you do realize that the Cuomo's mask rule doesn't, like the city still hasn't changed its rules. That's not true. That like, guy's they were wrong. like until until De Blasio says so. Like, he did say so. He said the and this is the guy this afternoon saying the mask mandate is still in effect in New York City. And I'm but like, I feel like that's a guy who happened to answer the phone that like didn't watch the news. Yeah, I think and that could well have been it. Yeah, but you'd, you'd think that they would know what they're doing. I don't know. You think because you and I are like reading every article, watching every news report, like yeah. going to the website consulting with other people in the business and then people walk in the door and they're like oh I heard you can be open till 4am and it's like no that's not what they said they said yeah. something different but of course like even the reporters don't know yeah. what they're talking about um, this last this last like May 17th where they're like everyone outdoor, was confused about that yeah outdoor spaces can stay open till 4am and I I understood it. I don't know why. I I figured that it meant bars that have outdoor liquor licenses later than midnight, like your Greenwood Park, right? Like beer gardens, stuff yeah. like that, yeah, where yeah, yeah. where their whole space is on their property and it's outside, and they're allowed to be open past midnight. 
Um, but even like Pat Kiernan on New York One was like, I don't want them outside my window till 4 a.m. I'm like, no. you're reporting the news wrong. Yeah, but does it? Didn't that rule not apply in the city? I think that May 17th. It, it did. It did apply in the city. Oh, I thought that was like a state law, but then there was a city law. Because no. you get those, you know, people forget. You get the that, weird overlapping agency things. No, the state, see, we're going to debate this. The state was allowed to have their outdoor space open until 4 a.m. like weeks ago. This oh, was for the okay. city, but again, it's for your like, your like outdoor beer gardens. Your, yeah. Like most of us that have a backyard, our backyard is only allowed to be open until midnight or 11 yeah, or whatever is 11. it is. That's yeah, the, the deal we made with our neighbors. Yes, and, um, or the community board. And it's on your liquor license, yeah. and you have to close at that time. Yep. But some places um, are allowed to be open later, right. and so they are allowed yeah. to have their backyards open until whenever their liquor license told them they could originally. Yeah. But it's very confusing if you're just going to say May 17th, outdoor is allowed to be open until 4 a.m. Yeah, like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. So, and, you know. But it's also when you go online and it's like, I've done this before, and it's yeah. like, you know, you look up New York Department of Health, and it's like, well, are you looking for the New York State Department of Health or the New York City yeah. Department of Health? Yes. Two separate agencies yes. that kind of overlap. Yes. But and they also, also have completely different rules. Yes. And you don't know which one to Which follow. one applies, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on who you're getting inspected by. Well, that's always the new NYC. Yeah. yeah. Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Or we got inspected by the um, Taxi and Limousine Commission. What? Yeah. You got inspected by the TIA? Yes. How the hell would they... They were just, like, authorizing any every organization to do restaurant inspections. You know, Department of Buildings... TLC, we got inspected just by police. Yeah. Just came in. Yeah, I mean, we had and, um, Department of Transport come in. We yeah. had those guys inspect. Yeah. I mean, that one made sense for the roadway seating. I guess for the roadways. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, they wanted to see contact tracing logs and all of that kind of yeah. stuff as well. It's a lot. It's a lot to try to it's, figure out. I just it's want, a lot I just to figure out. Normalcy again. Like, like, we didn't get in this business to like. Re, re, reimagine it every two weeks. No, <laughs> no, no. This has been a yeah. This has been a nightmare. Yes. But you know, cheers to things getting cheers. back, and cheers to yes. Hopefully, you know, getting paid again. Hopefully and, soon. Um, yeah, I think I think, I think soon. I think <laughs> Hopefully so. soon. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So yeah. I have a segment. You do. I do. I have one segment. Um. It's called You Won't Believe the Fucking Day I Had. And uh-huh. it's when I invite listeners to write me a letter about their day. Um, you know, I originally started this podcast um, because people couldn't come into the bar. And so I wanted yeah. to imitate the, you know, what it's like to sit at a bar. Okay. Yeah. Um, but nobody ever sends me letters. So instead of reading <laughs> letters from, from listeners, and, you know, listeners, you're welcome to send me letters at I Know The Owner Podcast at Gmail. Um, when I don't get a letter, I read from a Reddit, Am I the Asshole? Do you know what that is? No. So, people write into Reddit and they're like, Am I the asshole for doing blah, blah, blah? And people weigh in and they say either, Yes, you're the asshole, or No, you're not. So, yeah. I'm going to read an Am I the Asshole? And I try to pick one that's relevant. And we're going to, we're going to, Decide if this person is an asshole. All right. All right. And I'm going to read it as if 
they wrote this letter to me. Okay. So. Yeah. Dear Charlene, <laughs> am I the asshole for only tipping 10% on a $1,000 dinner? I took my wife to a very, in all caps, high-end restaurant for a special dinner. I'm talking top five restaurant in the U.S. And with tasting menu and wine pairing for two, the check came out to just shy of $1,000. The service was excellent, but while I do all right, I'm not well off enough to pay someone $100 PH? I don't know what pH is to bring out my food and refill my glass I'm also English (laughs) oh well that explains it all they're the worst although now I live in the US so I wasn't brought up with the tipping culture so for me a hundred dollar tip feels like a huge amount of money as a thank you for a couple hours work first of all it should have been 200 but anyway yeah 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 anyway I suppose my question is Do we think that servers at establishments that charge this sort of money expect the percentages to dip a little below the normal 15, 18, 20 due to amounts involved? Or would they still have been cursing me all night for shorting them? Edit. Wow, I've caused quite a stir here. To be clear, Uh it isn't that I couldn't afford the extra hundred to make the tip up to 20%. Oh, okay. It's that I personally think that 100 for two hours' work is pretty reasonable. Had we not had the wine pairing, it would have been a pretty... I'm sure you can tell by the look of my face how I feel about this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been a pretty good tip. I always remembered an old colleague, big Republican guy from PA, telling me that he doesn't tip on tax or alcohol, and that stuck with me and factors into my decision. Is that not a thing? Second edit, to clarify, yes, I left $100 cash on a $1,000 check. <laughs> wow. So, okay. so, Matt, what do you think? Is this English person an asshole? Yes. Yes. <laughs> of course Simple you're an answer. asshole. Of course, of you're, course an asshole. you're an asshole. Yeah, I mean, um, I, you know, I think when I've, I've never spent $1,000 on dinner, uh-huh. but I, last time I spent $500 on dinner, I tipped 100 bucks because yes. I'm not an asshole. Yes. Uh, and, and um, but also, in, in, and that was a very nice restaurant, obviously not as nice as the one that this guy's talking about. But, <laughs> but, you know what goes on behind the scenes with those places? Exactly. And how many people are it's actually working? It's not just working? a server. It's not one There's the server, server the busser, yes. the sommelier, the runner, the yeah. expediter, and they all get a portion of that. It's yeah. not like... nobody. Not one person is getting that $100 tip. Yeah. So, yeah, you're an asshole. Sorry. To you're 20, an asshole. 20%. And, and just because you're English doesn't mean you don't have to tip because we know you know. We know that you know you're supposed to tip. Yeah. So don't pull that, I'm English, I don't have to tip also, bullshit. Like, like, you know, if in doubt, like, at least are on the side of generosity. Like, and like you, you're clearly having a, a crisis of conscience with that one. Yeah. Because you put the question out there. And, and but, then to be like, uh, just to be clear, it's not like I can't afford to tip. I just like then, it in my pocket better than in the waiter's pocket. Like, yeah. fuck you. Fuck you. Tip on tax, tip, tip on, on booze, 
tip 20% on your $1,000 meal or don't have a fucking $1,000 meal. Yeah. If you can't afford yeah. it, if you can't afford go buy it. a fucking steak and cook it in your house. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yes. Same. So you are an asshole. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right. Did I forget anything? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Oh, um, we didn't even get up to... We didn't even get up to how you ended up owning Freddy's. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All, All right. right. How did it happen? Uh, we'll do it out of order. <laughs> so, 2010? Uh-huh. I You're was working, working in a lovely... This, I was working at a bar called Charlene's. Yes. I um, vaguely remember that I place. I hadn't worked at Freddy's in eight years at that point. Uh-huh. And... Um, Things were already in motion. Old Freddy's had closed. We'd, uh, Frank and I had made our peace at this point. He'd actually okay. like apologized for what had happened, and oh, he even nice. like he actually at that point he'd actually come into Charlene's and said, "You know, you were one of the best bartenders we ever had. <laughs> I should have, I, you know." Anyway, he apologized. I was like, "It's fine," because everything worked out for me. Uh-huh. Like I found another job. Yeah. I prospered. Things worked out. So I was never, I was never bitter about it. It was just one of those things. Like I would still. I'm bitter in about the interim, everyone that I still ever fired in, me. In the interim, <laughs> I was still friends with everybody in Freddy's. Uh-huh. I would still go in. Like I even guest bartended on their closing night. Oh. For part of the yes, night. Yes, I remember that. Yep. And told everyone to come up to Charlene's. It's and like, they Freddy's did. is closing. Come to Charlene's. <laughs> um, and they all did. Yeah. So, uh, so closed in whatever that was in the spring. Uh, fast forward to September. I think it was actually my birthday. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 2010. And I get a phone call from Matt Kuhn. Mm hmm. And I knew what the plan was. He was bringing, Frank, the old owner, was, was bringing him on board. He had the money from, the, he was the sole owner of the old Freddy, uh-huh. so he had some money, and he was going to bring Matt and Donald on board uh-huh. as business partners. He would be the money, they would do the work, that was the plan. Got it. Uh, Matt Kuhn calls me and he said, um, you're not going to believe this, Frank fell and broke his hip. I mean, he was oh, pretty shit. old at this point. He fell, he broke his hip, he's talked to his doctor, he's talked to his family, and he's decided that he's done with this business. Yeah. Uh, and he's moving to the West Coast. He's moving to Oregon. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. Matt and I had spoken for years, many a, many a late night drink and, and uh-huh. fantasizing about owning a bar one day. And he said, basically, I'm calling you because we've always talked about it. Do you want to come on board as our business partner and be an owner of the new Freddy's? Awesome. So I did that weird thing where you kind of like... You say, let me think about it, and then you put your hand over the voice piece on the, <laughs> on the phone, and then you do a little dance, and you turn to the air, like, yes, 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 yes. And then I was like, yeah, let me think about this, and uh, let me get back to you in a day or two. Um, <laughs> but I was so excited. I was so excited. That's I was like, yes, awesome. this, is, this is, you know, I had some money saved. It, mm-hmm. it all kind of, the timing just kind of worked out. That's amazing. Me. So, um, yeah, that then the process started. And then started. you left Charlene's. And then I left Charlene's. <laughs> and you well, opened Freddy's, which is again a na- like a neighborhood staple again, right? Like it, Yeah, yeah. And it was it was weird like some of the old Freddy's regulars that had kind of taken my side when the thing had gone down with uh-huh. Frank. Uh, you know, that I was friends with. They were kind of like this is kind of perfect. 
Yeah. Because this is like a comic balance of yeah of what happened with me and Frank, and I had to leave, and then and, now, and then you now kicked I'm him and he fell down. I did not kick him. <laughs> you put a banana you, peel. You put you a banana peel in his in his way. No, and may he rest in peace because it was only a couple of years after that that he oh, passed away. Oh no, I didn't know that. Um, May he rest in peace. But, that, you know, he kind of, he did his thing. He went away. He wished us the best of luck. At that point, the, 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 the bar, the furniture, anything that was salvageable from the old Freddy's was in storage. Uh-huh. And Frank had just kind of said, whatever's in storage is yours. Best of luck. You have the rights That's to the name great. Freddy's. And, but he's and like, kept he's the like chain. I'm done. And we kept the chain, <laughs> the chains of justice. Yes. And, um, yeah. And it's been a, a, a fun, exciting, and exhausting journey ever since. Yes. And it's on its way back. It's as on we its all way are. back. And we, we, yeah, we want to get back on our feet. And so if you want to see, if you want to visit Freddy's, yeah, Freddy's is on do. Fifth Avenue and 17th Street. Yep. Between 17th um, and 18th. I've, in the past, I've been asking people to promote their Venmos, but I feel like it's time to, you guys, it's time to get out there in person. Um, yeah. It's time to, um, you know, venture out. We all got a little agoraphobic, um, yeah, but I think it's out. time. If you're still comfortable with your mask on, put your mask on, but like, come out, sit outside. Your yeah. neighborhood places <clears throat> are reopening, so yeah. come uh Come visit. Come have a drink. You can Say find hi. me here at Hinterlands or Minis. Um, and uh, thanks, thanks, Matt, for being on my thanks, show. Charlene. This has been, it this was has good been to kind see of you. fun. And, we haven't, <laughs> and I didn't even yell at you for standing me up oh, almost. Oh, I felt terrible about that. <laughs> but also, we haven't sat and had a drink in so long. So I just know. for us, like, you know. I still love you and your and you as a dear <laughs> I friend. I still love and, you too. <laughs> I have, I'm like, we don't have anything. I have a little bit of my shot left. Do you have a little bit of your beer? I have a little bit of All my right. beer. Clink. Clink. Cheers. Cheers. This has been I Know the Owner, Matt Kimmett, Charlene yeah. Wellington. Bye-bye. Bye.